Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your hosts, Nathan, Brian. I'm JC, and it is good to see you. Guys, it's it's, it's a little weird. I got to be honest. I haven't seen your physical faces in, in the last couple of months. This almost is the longest I've gone since seeing your face. Kinda Man, weird. I have been waiting so long to hear you say those words, JC. <laughs> Welcome to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Man, this is, this is, I've been missing this, guys. This is awesome. Uh, I thought yeah, you and, and missing me saying, I can't wait to see your face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, definitely. I, I was going to say, this puts you actually in a different category than my wife. She's never said she missed my face. So. <laughs> I don't even think my mom has ever said that. <laughs> well, forget, I was trying to be sentimental, emotional, you know, whatever that is, sentimental. I was trying to, give a compliment that I haven't seen you on so long. Whatever. It works for some people, JC. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hey. work for me. I tried. <laughs> Look, it, it touched me to the heart of my bottom. I mean, the bottom of my heart. It really did. <laughs> oh, goodness. It has been, oh, since November, it feels like we have been wide open with something going on. We had the For the Sake of the Gospel conference. We went to Israel. What an incredible life-changing trip. Wow. And you got to hear week one last week you'll get to hear a couple more we'll tell you more about that and then we we've had two churches launch well hope church Asheville's been going hope church katusa got launched brian's been traveling all over the u.s and the world it has been a busy season but we're back and ready to get recording again and we've got some great stuff coming up well you know i think you know, we've always talked about the fact that we're three pastors. We're three yeah. pastors. We're three pa pastors. We we love this podcast, but we're pastors. I think it'd be awesome if you guys, instead of just saying, hey, two churches launched, I think it'd be cool if you guys kind of shared where you are in that journey, what it's looked like for you, because I know it's been incredibly difficult. Um, I know the, the hours you guys have been working, Nathan, with your house, you've been and you've been just killing it. And then JC, you moving your family. And I mean, this is not just, Hey, we launched two churches. It's like, <laughs> there's a lot more than that. Well, JC, why don't you start us off, man? Tell us what's going on in Catoosa County. Yeah, we, we got a church. I mean, so back <laughs> in the first of August, we, uh, you know, we were down in South Georgia and, uh, we just, we knew God was telling us to come back to Catoosa County. And, uh, this is where I've been almost 20 years started here. And, uh, so we packed up the house, put it in a U-Haul, sold the house in a month, moved back here. And, uh, we, we were heading back with no job, no house, nowhere to, we didn't know what we we're supposed to do. Just taking that step of faith. And, and we got back here and I was going to travel a little bit. Thank God for dates that were coming in and started meeting with some folks. And they said, Hey, are you going to put a church up? And I was like, that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> and, uh, you kept saying you should really start a church. I was like, guys, I, I don't want to start a church, but I really wanted a hope church hat. And I figured out the best way I can get one of those was to launch a hope church. And, uh, but they don't fit my head. So whatever. Um, but we, uh, man, we, we started just having conversations and, uh, we met for the first time in a barn, uh, about 16 weeks ago, had about 70 people show up. And I was like, Whoa, folks are coming to this thing, met the next week. It was just as big. And I was like, okay. And it was really incredible. Just, I, I, I'll spend some time later on getting into the whole story of this, but just seeing how God has had his hand on this from the beginning. Um, when you give him your yes, man, what he will do with that December 1st 
after some conversations, there was a church here in Fort Oglethorpe, uh, a great press pastor by the name of uh, Brian Branham uh, at Liberty Baptist Church here in Fort O. They had a congregation meeting. Jeff Epperson was kind of leading it. He's on with us now at Hope Church, and they were running about 15, 30 on a good day. And uh, we're just a few weeks away from shutting down. And we came in and said, hey, could we merge? And uh, December 1st, got the keys to this building. It's been an incredible time. Just been growing, building the launch team and uh, had pre-launch services. And then uh, what was it? Four weeks ago. So a month ago, we had our very first service here at Hope Church Catoosa. We had 291 people show up on that first Sunday. And, uh, you know, the hype of the first Sunday wore off and we've kind of leveraged out right now, right at 200. And, uh, it's been incredible. We're, uh, starting our brand new series yesterday in James and it, it, it feels like we were talking after a month, it feels like we're not selling the church anymore. Like this is our body. Like this is hope church Katusa. And, uh, it's, it's been awesome. I, I mean, I'll be completely honest. You two know this better than anybody. This is the last thing I wanted to do. Pastoring was kind of it's something I knew was in me, but I just, I never saw myself doing this. And from the the pushing of you two and the wisdom of those that are around me, we, we said, okay, we took that step of faith and God has just been blessing. And, and, and I'm, I'm fired up about how it's going here at a uh, hope church. Too. So we're, we're praying for our first convert and uh, we know that God's going to save them. And uh, we're just waiting for that moment. And uh, there, there's like little milestones that we're looking forward to, but it's just, it's so much fun. It really is a vacation. Your vocation is a vacation when you're doing what God wants you to do. And, uh, vacation sometimes, I guess, have some downsides, but man, this vacation has been awesome so far. <laughs> well, you know, last night, Last night, JC, we were having that awesome text conversation when you were kind of letting me know how the day had gone. Yeah. And Nathan, you you weren't in the text thread at that point, but but let me just tell you how awesome it was to hear JC talk about how his wife and others are seeing this pastor's heart emerge in him. And then the conversation that we had back and forth about that, you know, it's it's one thing to hold somebody else's baby. It's a totally different feeling when you hold your own baby. It really Amen. is. And uh, man, we just had the best conversation. And and you're doing without a doubt what God has brought you to this point mm. to do. And all the other experience that God's invested in you, the good times, the bad times, when people turn their backs on you, everything else, it's all been preparing you for this journey. And and I love how God goes before us. Amen. It's exciting. It's fun, man. We're loving it. Well, guys, I I love hearing what what's been going on in JC's world at Katusa, and man, just seeing how God brought all that together because on, only He can get the credit for that. And JC, you're being yeah. faithful and serving. And Brian and I saw something in you that you really didn't see in yourself, and now other people are mm-hmm. seeing that. But guys, we've we've been friends for years, and then we were able to. Uh, over three years ago, start this podcast. And that's just been this amazing, incredible journey. Now we're all three pastors in the Hope Church yeah, Network. And dude, it's just, it's just this deeper, deeper level of friendship. And yeah. JC, you being a part of the pastors group, which is something we really haven't talked a whole lot about on here, but we've got like 12 pastors now that we have a brotherhood that I just can't even yeah. explain what that is like and having you be a part of that. And Brian, uh, being back in that with you planning Hope Church Asheville. Asheville has been a journey 
it has been wide open nonstop since I've been here. You mentioned the house. We've been working on this house. And it's hard for me to say this because I can't believe we've been here this long. But for six months now, we've been here for six months wow. Wow. on the ground. We we I got here September 1st and uh, my wife and daughters were here two weeks before that. But I got here and just kind of assessed the situation. We started, I got here Saturday. I think it was when I officially moved everything. And Sunday morning, we had our first service on the 4th. So um, mm. so we we jumped straight in, came to an existing church that was down to about uh, eight or 10 people. And uh, we've been running between 30 and 40 uh, with some people that are coming on board that are excited about uh, starting a, uh, being a part of the core team. And we're really starting all over. We're looking at everything, assessing everything from the ground up. But we've been having some amazing uh, church services, some amazing small group meetings and planning meetings. But the majority of what I've been doing since I've been here, Brian, and you know this, is working on my house. Because we had yeah, a parsonage yeah. that at first glance, it, it looked like, hey, we're just going to do a few upgrades and this is going to be awesome. But everything <laughs> we touched, we we had to take a wall down and then we had to repair the electrical. Then the plumbing had to be fixed and then the sheetrock and literally everything. It's almost like we gutted the house and started from ground zero and built it back up, which I think it would have been a lot faster, Brian, to build a new house, but it would have been a lot yeah, more expensive. So I'm glad we didn't do that, but the house is looking amazing. We actually slept in it uh, Saturday night for the first time. Now we're in the house. It's not done. Our trim guy's still finishing working on the trim. We have some touch-up paint. We've got boxes in the living room. We don't have a couch. My mattress is on the floor. So we're we're in the process, but thank God we're actually under the roof in our house. So there's just this big, huge sigh of relief from me and my family. But we know we've got a few more weeks of really getting everything done. So the upstairs is ready to go. Hey, if I can just say this too, you know, both you guys have been incredible. Your families have been in this, you know, I know JC, you guys are in a rental house and, and Kim's sacrifice with all that that has required, but yet doing that joyfully, mm -hmm. it's been beautiful to watch. And then Nathan, man, you guys have been all over the place in Asheville. You probably lived in more places in Asheville <laughs> in less time than anybody who's ever lived in Asheville before. You got stock I mean, in Airbnb. Been, yeah, you've been moving here and moving there, and and uh, you've been everywhere. The only place you haven't slept yet is um, on the front porch of the Ingalls grocery store, where all the homeless people are. But you've been you've been just short of that. <laughs> or the and to see Carrie, <laughs> yeah, and to see Carrie, you know the way she's she's been through this entire process, supportive, and it's been beautiful to watch. And and I know you you guys would never say this. And so I'm going to. Um, RFP family, we believe in ministry. You guys listen to this podcast because you believe in ministry. This, These two guys are a worthy ministry investment. Their families are a worthy ministry investment. The difference that they're going to make in these communities as pastors, it's a worthy investment. And uh, these guys would never mention this because this podcast has never been about money, and uh, even those who've tried to attack us in the past, and we've <laughs> mentioned even money, I'd like to compare what what we've 
raised combined through this podcast for ourselves with their three months of salaries from their churches. And so it's really kind of funny to hear those guys with their attacks, their empty, windy attacks. But hmm. these guys are a worthy investment. And, and, you know, if God were to lead you to go to ourhopechurch.com, ourhopechurch.com, you can go to the online giving option. J.C. Groves and Hope Church Catusa, Nathan Cravat, Hope Church Asheville, both of those options are there. You know, it might be that God would lead you to take both of them on or one of them for, um, you know, your family's mission giving for the next year or the next two years. And maybe you just give something every every week or every month or maybe Maybe you're between churches and it's been a time since you've been a part of a local church family and you want to give your tithe to a church that's actually making a difference and that's doing something. Well, it would be a worthy investment to invest in these guys. And I would really earnestly pray that many of you would consider this and just know that your dollars will be for the advancement of the gospel because both of these two guys aren't just preaching the gospel. They're living the gospel and they're living for it. And one thing you can say for all the attacks that's been leveled against us, no one has ever been able to level the attack that our families aren't in the ministry with us. Yeah. Both of these guys have their wives and all of their kids right by their sides to the point that last Sunday when I was at Hope Church Catusa and gathering with the people there, I walked up to the front door. And J.C.'s son, Moose, that day was the door greeter. And the way he welcomed Kelsey and I, we walked away from that saying, what a cool kid. What an <laughs> awesome thing that the pastor's son is volunteering as the door greeter. These, these two guys have their families with them. And if you want to know a great compliment to a man's ministry, just look at the condition of his family and the dedication of his family. And so if you will invest in these two guys. You will not regret it. And I'd stake my 33 years of ministry on either one of these guys. Mm. 33 years means anything. And I didn't mean to go on that that long wow. speech. And guys, I, I thank you for giving me the permission to do that. I'm not trying to embarrass either one of you. But I just know that you ask very little for yourselves. And right now you're living on very little. And it would be a worthy investment. Thanks, man. Bro, I appreciate you saying that, man, and uh, it, it means a lot that that you believe in us and mm -hmm. to be a part of a network that you uh, gave blood, sweat, and tears to build over the past thirty three years, man. It's just it's incredible being a part of this. And I do want to say something about our family because yeah, we did take some hits for for asking uh, for people to help us out with some uh, funds and fundraising. We see, I can't even say it. We don't do it very good, but. We, we, I think in one episode, just took 15, 20 minutes and asked our family to come around us and help us accomplish some of the goals, pay off some of the things we had done with the conference and different stuff like that. I think we asked for $6,000. Uh, we had people give over $4,000 uh, within just a couple of days, and we didn't even remind anybody or get back on and say anything about it. Our family stepped up and just knocked it out of the park with that. And I don't really care what the the haters say. I just want to say to the fam that that stepped in and helped make this possible. It that was that was incredible. It was it moved us to tears. I really appreciate 
invest you investing in in this ministry and believing in it so much. Definitely. Thank you so much, Brian. It is, I echo everything that Nathan just said. I, I'm I'm loving being part of this network. It is a it's a group of good guys, and God's doing something incredible through all of the Hope Churches. And I'm just glad to be part of it. I wish you would get better hats, but I mean I'm loving everything about the Hope Church network. Hey, you can't put a 14-gallon head in a 10-gallon hat. <laughs> That's true. not my fault. Listen, called me and can't wear those kind of hats because if we get sunburned, it looks like we got parvo. So you, you, you're going to have trouble finding a hat to fit you. And that's not my fault. I had nothing to do with your genetics. You're your right. big head is you're your right. big head. Un, un, <laughs> unsponsored, but mammoth hats, they got them to where you can fit big heads with those things. So, okay. Hey, I got, I got to look into that. Then. That's hey, it. I don't well, have my hope church hat on today. I've got my men of valor hat. They're part of the hello. Uh, RFP network. And I was able to be on the uh, podcast this morning for the men of valor. Dude, that, that is such a cool group. Yeah, I, I yes, love being a part of that. Looking forward to I their conference. The replay. Dude. I caught the replay from this morning. I, I wasn't getting up at 530, though. I'm sorry, Nate. Hey, I, I was actually, up at 5 a.m. this morning, buddy, ready to go. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, men need to sign up for that conference. Yeah, that thing is going, that's going to be awesome. And when you can get together with other men like that and realize there is brotherhood and you're not alone, Men of Valor Conference, that, that thing's going to be awesome. I got to be part of it last year and I've really got to see the man up Monday come to life. Like, I mean, it is a bunch of dudes in a room and it is just a bunch of men singing a bunch of men getting together, hanging out, having great conversations. There's a bunch of those freaks that run a 5k. Um, but there's a lot of us that sit around <laughs> and talk and have a great time. Men of Valor conference is coming up in August. And I'm telling you, you need to get your men from your church, sign up. You can go as an individual. It's at, is it Ridgecrest or is it someplace different? It's in Asheville. Um, I, I think it's called it. Ridge. Um, but you can go online, just look up men of Valor and uh, you can go to the RFP network page and you can see them there. They're one of our uh, podcasts on the network. Go to the Men of Valor Conference. Sorry, ladies, this is for men only. Kind of like the Israel trip. Uh, my bad. Uh, but uh, Had to bring that up. <laughs> hey, I did. I did. Sorry, Shannon. Uh, but listen, it has been a while since we've actually sat down and recorded an episode. Uh, but we put it out on our social media, the upcoming episodes. And uh, we didn't put dates on those, but we have got some great content coming your way in the near future this summer is just going to get started off with the bang nate won't you kick us off what do we got coming in the next couple of weeks okay so the next three weeks this week we're uh going to be featuring your sermon on mount precipice which okay. we also which figured awesome. out today has other names but uh mount precipice we we uh had the opportunity to sit and see the site and you're going to hear a lot about that i don't want to spoil it but uh, JC brought an incredible sermon there, and that is today. Uh, next week, we're going to be playing Papa Craig Edwards and uh, his sermon in the Jordan River when we baptized. Standing in the Jordan River. <laughs> Dude, that was such an incredible experience. And then the weekend after that, or the week after that, we've got Brian Edwards, the sermon he brought at the... Uh, what what were those things called where we were standing? The aqueduct, aqueduct. It was the aqueduct. on the beach at Caesarea Maritime. Yeah, Caesarea Maritime, and that was just incredible. The back, Brian, you had the best backdrop. JC, yours was incredible too. But that backdrop, wow! I love the beach. That was such a cool episode, and uh, looking forward to sharing that, guys. The what what we got to experience in Israel, uh, I think. 
I think a lot of it will translate over the uh, over the podcast, but you just a lot of it, you just really had to be there. But we're excited to share part of what we experienced through the next three episodes. Yeah, already I have in almost every sermon I've preached since being in Israel at some point in the sermon unplanned. Yeah, I've been able to use what I experienced there to explain a text more clearly. And yes, I didn't sir. think I would be that guy. And as far as my sermon <laughs> in uh, Caesarea Maritime, <laughs> that's what you call a 50 cent preacher in a $50 billion spot. That was uh, that place was word, absolutely amazing. And then, man, we've got the president of the Southern Baptist Convention who's going to be interviewed on the podcast, Bart Barber. And uh, we're looking so forward to that. You know, the SBC is a gospel force. And I can genuinely say that I've met so many great people in the SBC that care about the advancement of the gospel. They care about the advancement of the local church. And when the SBC says, you know, we don't plant churches, churches plant churches, they really mean that. They believe yeah. it. And, you know, with an organization that large, there's always going to be, you know, unfortunately, um, unsavory events and, and, and people as well. But as a whole, when you look at the SBC, their integrity and the way they constantly pursue using their shared resources to advance the gospel, it's beautiful. And that's going to be an incredible conversation. I'm so thankful that uh, I'm a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I, I know, Nathan, you're a part of the SBC as well. And, and I think, uh, you know, even more of the Hope Church family is getting involved with the SBC. That's going to be a great interview. And what you're going to hear is a man who is passionate about Jesus, passionate about the Word of God, and passionate about the cause of Jesus Christ. That That's going to be a great interview. Brian, I yeah, heard the other day that the Southern Baptist Convention is the only mainline denomination that has ever started a drift towards being liberal and has corrected and come back to conservative. And uh, there was a lot more that I heard shared with that. But we grew up hearing that the Southern Baptists, they were the enemies, they were liberals, they didn't believe the gospel— and uh, I'm sure there there were parts of that in the 70s where the drift and all that stuff. But we've seen the the resurgence back to conservative, literal, biblical values to the gospel. And yeah, you're right, man. I've heard heard so much negative about the Southern uh, Baptists. I'm excited to have this episode and have uh, Bart Barber share uh, all the amazing things that are going on in that organization. Well, as one of the Hope Churches that aren't part of the SBC yet, we're non-denom here. I'm I'm excited to hear Bart Barber, just to hear his stance and to hear what he has to say. I know there's many that will be listening from my side that aren't part of the SBC that have maybe heard some negative things. They've maybe had questions about others. And I'm excited just to give him our platform to allow him to lay out. And it's, it's going to be a great conversation. I'm looking forward to just having a a great conversation with him. He seems like a really stand-up guy. I just shot him a, a message on Twitter and he messaged right back and we set it up. And I was like, that's it's kind of crazy. The president of the SBC just talking to me on Twitter, but uh, looking forward to that conversation there, definitely. And then we've got two conversations that are coming up. Uh, one, it's, it's going to be completely night and day from Bart Barber. I can guarantee you that. It's with Sunday <laughs> School uh, with a guy that runs that by the name of Andy. And I cannot remember his last name. Dinden. Dinden, Andy Dinden, and if you have looked at anything Sunday cool, 
Uh, you can find on YouTube cool Carl videos. Andy uh, is part of that. And uh, they're that's, hilarious. That's going to be a great conversation, just hilarious. And who knows where that's going to go. And then uh, we've got a episode coming up with two of my good friends, uh, Tommy Sewell and Kyle Gray. Uh, these guys are with Word of Life. Uh, Tommy is over New York camps and Kyle is over the Florida camps. And uh, they had a friend by the name of Eric who uh, committed suicide. And uh, they are carrying on the message that Eric um, was proclaiming while he was alive. And uh, they're, they're just going to be talking about mental health. They're going to be talking about suicide. And uh, these guys literally get to uh, speak Jesus to thousands of students every summer between New York and and Florida. And uh, I'm looking forward to being back up at Word of Life Island this summer and uh, with Tommy. And we're going to be sitting down and just having a conversation with something that I think is almost a, a taboo topic in our culture. Um, it's suicide and mental health. And uh, I'm looking forward to having this conversation with these guys. And so, uh, man, we've got some great content coming up. Of course, we'll be throwing some episodes in there, just us three. And uh, I, I love just sitting down and having a conversation between us three. I mean, we can keep up, we can fill two hours like it's nothing. <laughs> just uh, just talk, but um, it's going to be a good time here on the RFP. Well, guys, let's set it up today's like episode. What was that? I said, it sounds like to me we're moving forward. Let's yes, go. we are. And let's move <laughs> forward into setting up this episode. JC, I, again, I can't say how awesome it was to be there. So guys, let's set this up. So we are walking up Mount Precipice. There's a path on the way up there. And Brian, what were we looking at on the right side as we walked up the hill there? Well, you know, I was so captivated by the view. Um, I just remember seeing Nazareth and the Mount of Transfiguration and all of that surrounded the area. And I'm probably ruining what you wanted me to say. No, <laughs> no, the, you, the right was side was everywhere. Nazareth. Yeah, we were actually overlooking yeah. Nazareth. I wanted you to share that. I wanted to take Mount Transfiguration. So yeah, you stole that from me. I'm just kidding. There were so many things there <laughs> that, that, that we saw. But uh, as we walked up, we got to see Jesus' hometown where he was born, raised, and we believe where he worked. And then yeah. Mount Precipice, JC's going to share the, the importance of what was going on there. But from the top, the view that you were talking about, Brian, and guys, I'm probably going to miss some things. They actually have this really big billboard. I think I took a picture of it or this placard that shows all the different sure things you, you can you, you can see from there. Yeah, chances are. <laughs> but uh, it's actually overlooking the Jezreel Valley. You can look off in the distance and see Mount Carmel. You can see Mount Tabor. You can see where Deborah gave instructions to Barak. You can see where the story of Gideon happened. You can, It's overlooking mm -hmm. Megiddo, and you can actually see where at the end times we're going to have it's, – it's going to be quite the seat when we're, when we're over, overlooking okay. that, uh, that valley there. And by the way, I have this timed light in my office, so it keeps coming on and going off. It's, it's <laughs> weird. But anyway, the and then, then, okay. <laughs> yes, then we actually can see the Mount of Transfiguration which, mm. uh, man, in and of itself, that was just amazing. But uh, much like when I was standing on the boat in the Sea of Galilee, just overwhelmed with <laughs> being able to uh, share a sermon from that location. JC, it was incredibly moving for you to be able to yeah. share mm -hmm. that sermon there, and you just did an incredible job. It's a short sermon, but, dude, it was yeah. so good and so powerful and so solid. I'm excited about sharing it with our fam. 
just to stand on the very rocks that Jesus would have played on as a kid. And then to think as his earthly ministry was beginning where they wanted to throw him off, but it wasn't his time, just like you mm-hmm. shared on the boat. And, uh, man, I got chills right now just thinking I got to actually stand there and deliver a message. It was a, it was an incredible trip, an incredible moment. Thank y'all for giving me the honor to preach right there. If I can say something about JC's sermon, everyone, what you're getting ready to hear, Nathan's right. It's a brief sermon. It was a devotional. It was intended to be that. It's probably a 15 minutes or less. But I can tell you this much. I've heard guys preach and rant and rave for an hour and a half, and I don't remember a word they said. JC, you did such an effective job preaching in that place that day that I remember multiple things you said. And right now, off the cuff, could literally point people to what they're getting ready to hear, but I don't mm. want to mess it up like I just messed up Nathan's Mountain of Transfiguration. <laughs> so all I can say is keep listening, and you're getting ready to hear it, and you won't forget it either. Well, let's jump right into it. Y'all ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Have a good week. <laughs> Peace. Be sweet. <laughs> Covering Fundamentalist Podcast begins in three. These podcasts, (laughs) podcasts, that sounds like a conviction of beans or peas to me. Podcast. Listen, in these recovering fundamentalists, they don't know the Bible either. What are the fundamentals? Inerrancy, virgin birth of Jesus Christ, substitutionary atonement, bodily resurrection of Christ, and the authenticity of miracles. I am not a recovering fundamentalist. They're everywhere. They're all over the internet. They want to be, uh, what do they call it? Recovering from fundamentalism. They're everywhere. And I think to myself, well, you were just stupid to begin with. And if there's such a word, you're stupider now. We ain't recovering from nothing good, neighbor. We're reviving from the Holy Ghost. Somebody say man, Everybody wants to focus on recovering. Oh, you're recovering. Oh, you need help. You need therapy. You're recovering. Let's focus on fundamentalists. We're recovering fundamentalism back from people who have hijacked it. We are biblical family. We are the fundamentalists. Man. That'll make a Baptist want to speak in tongues right there, boys. One. I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, We better stay uh, in the old paths. But what are the old paths? I've I've heard that my whole life, and nobody's ever been able to tell me what the old paths or the old-time religion really is because it's whatever era you Mm -hmm. overly romanticize in your mind as being when the church was right. Mm. Like it, lump it, pump it, jump it, take it across the street and dump it. We've raised a generation that is ashamed of our forefathers and act like they were somehow done wrong in the way they were brought up and they were damaged and they were scarred because they were raised in a home that had standards and convictions and kept them on the old time way. You got their number, boys. Y'all thought you started the podcast, you went and started the movement. Thanks for joining us for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Make sure to stay tuned at the end of the show to hear more about the RFP sponsors. Now, here's your host for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, Nathan Cravat, J.C. Groves, and Brian Edwards.
So I was thinking last night as uh, we were coming up here, uh, just an incredible opportunity. Um, what he just put into words is what I've been thinking about, how this is the playground of Jesus. He would have played on these rocks uh, to think of the thoughts that were going through his head as a kid, knowing that his time had not yet come. And I believe, as I was thinking about that, you know, somewhere along our journey of life, um, we're going to come to a point where uh, we know there's things that we want, but not necessarily uh, what we need at the same time. Uh, I believe on the faith journey that all of us are on, uh, we come to the realization along the way that Jesus is not always the kind of Savior that we want, but instead he's the Savior that we need. And right here on this very spot, on this cliff looking over, uh, Luke 4, 21 through 30 is an incredible story in Scripture. It starts at the end of this, and I'm going to start here on this cliff uh, with Jesus about to be thrown off of this very cliff uh, by the people he grew up with, his friends, his relatives, so many familiar faces, and now this angry mob that are ready to end his life. Uh, Robert, will you read Luke 4, 21 through 34? He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. They were all speaking well of him and were amazed by the gracious words that came from his mouth. Yet they said, Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said to them, No doubt you will quote the proverb to me, Doctor, heal yourself. What you've heard that took place in Capernaum, do here in your hometown also. And he said also, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. But I say this to you, there were certainly many widows in Israel in Elijah's day. But the sky was shut up for three years and six months, while a great famine came over all the land. Yet Elijah did not was not sent to any of them except a widow and Zephyrah in Sidon. And in the prophet Elisha's time, there were many in Israel who had leprosy, and yet not one of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They got up, drove him out of town, and brought him up to the edge of the hill that their town was built on, intending to hurl him off the cliff. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Just flash back a little bit how he refused from what we just read to be the savior that these people wanted uh, so that he could be the Savior that they would need. And when I was reading this, I, I read the story of Jesus leading up to Nazareth. Um, if we flash back in this imaginary movie, if you will, just set the stage and look at the scenes. It begins at the River Jordan when Jesus is baptized by John. He hears a voice from, Herod, from heaven declaring him to be the beloved son. Then the scene would shift dramatically to the wilderness where Jesus spent 40 days fasting and being tempted by the devil. That scene would change to uh, Capernaum where Jesus would be shown teaching in the synagogues, performing miracles, inviting his disciples to follow him. And then to Nazareth, the town where he grew up, and there would be a dramatic scene in the synagogue that we just read about uh, that he attended as he grew up. It's Sabbath. Jesus is in the synagogue the family, friends, people he's known his whole life all around him. And he stands up and he reads from the prophet Isaiah this remarkable passage. It's in Luke 4, 18 and 19 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. 
He sent me to proclaim, to release the captives, and to recover the sight of the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he would close that scroll, and he would sit down. All eyes are on him, and he opens his mouth, and he says this, Luke 4, 21, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The crowd that was gathered that day is excited. They will speak well of him. They're amazed at the words that came from his mouth. From Jesus, Joseph's son, who has now become a miracle worker, kind of a local celebrity. They've heard the stories about him since he left, stories of miracles and wondrous events. But they haven't seen any of these events for themselves. They've not seen any of these miracles. And let's be honest, they're probably a little bit skeptical. They've heard about it, but they've never seen it. They've known Jesus his whole life, and they haven't seen any of the so-called miracles or proof. But here is where the story turns, because Jesus, he's not going to offer them any proof. It would have been simple enough, I believe, for him to do a miracle just to prove who he was, but he refuses. Why does he refuse? I believe it's because he knows that his mission is not to be the son of Joseph, the miracle worker, which is what the people of Nazareth wanted, but his mission is to be the son of God, the Savior, which the people of Nazareth and our world needed. And so he tells them that he is not going to do in his hometown what he's done in Capernaum. He's not going to perform any miracles like he did in Nazareth, but like Elijah and Elisha. The great prophets of old, his mission is not to help his hometown, but to be God's prophet to all of the world. (laughs) And he shares the words that have become familiar to all of us. We just read, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. He is a prophet that ends up on this cliff right here where we sit with an angry crowd all around him, a crowd that used to love him, a crowd that loves even then in that moment, but our movie is back to where the opening scene with Jesus on this hill, on this cliff, more than a prophet, a savior, he passes through the crowd and he vanishes. Why? The exact same reason that Nathan shared last night, it's not his time. This cliff is not his time. The boat, the storm, not his time. Oh, you see, the story's not over. (laughs) It's far from it. There will eventually be another crowd that will want to crucify Jesus, and he ain't going to vanish that time. Because Jesus knows that his mission is not simply to be a prophet. It's to be the world's Savior, whose death will save the world from sin. And Jesus is called to be Savior, not the Savior of this hometown, but the Savior they need. His mission is not to be the son of Joseph, the miracle worker, but the son of God, the Savior. And this is good news because we know how the story ends. (laughs) If Jesus is content simply being the son of Joseph, the miracle worker, a few people might have ended up being cured of their diseases, but the world would not end up being saved from its sin. And we would not end up being saved from our sin. And if Jesus was content simply to be son of Joseph, miracle worker, there's no good news in the gospel and no hope for the world. Oh, but he's not. And he wasn't simply content to be the son of Joseph because he is the son of God. And today, 
declares our Lord and Savior, all the promises of Scripture, the promises of God that have been fulfilled because today our sins have been forgiven and we look for the day when he returns. Amen. I think as I was walking up here and seeing Mount Tabor over there, and I just want to encourage you with this this morning. Uh, I was reading the other day in Second Peter chapter 1 uh, where he said, listen, we saw it with our own eyes, Jesus ascending. And if this is the actual traditional spot in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12 through 15, he's admonishing us, pastors, ministry workers, to do this. He says this, the stakes are so high, and even though you're up to date on all this truth, you're even practicing it inside and out, I'm not going to let up for a minute in calling your attention before it. This is the post to which I have been assigned, keeping you alert with frequent reminders, and I'm sticking to it as long as I live I know that I'm to die soon. The master has made it quite clear to me. And so I'm eagerly, especially eager that you have all this down in black and white so that after I die, you will have it ready for reference. And what is he speaking of? If you look in verse 16, he's talking about the glorious return of Jesus. He says, listen, there's some truth that we have and truth travels at the rate of trust. And he says, this is how you can know the truth that I'm offering you is because right there on that mountain, it's verified. I saw it with my own eyeballs. Jesus ascended into heaven. He said, and he's coming back. There's validation. He rose again. The tomb's empty. We're going to see that in a moment. But then there's vindication because we know we win. He's coming again, and let the power of that change how we live today. Right here on this mountain, this wasn't the end of him. This was just another journey as he set his face towards Jerusalem to be the Savior of the world. Can I pray? And then we'll do this. Father, we love you. God, we thank you this morning that you are the Savior. You are the Son of God. You are God in the flesh on this earth. And, Father, we worship you on this mountain right now. As we look out, we see where you're birthed. We see the mountain of transfiguration. We see the valley behind us, and we know what's to come here. Oh, but there's an el another element of this story. There's a to-be-continued element, if you will, because the best is yet to come. And we know that at a moment you will come again, and we long for that day. And as it's been prayed so many times already, even so come, Lord Jesus, what a day it would be to see you to just leave this earth right here in Israel as we join you forevermore. God, thank you for this place. Thank you for this opportunity in this time that we as brothers and one sister get to share on this mountain to look at your birthplace, to look at the place you grew up, to stand at a spot where uh, you, you've walked and played on these rocks. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We praise you. And may we just continue to worship you throughout today as we... Uh, as we just magnify and glorify your holy name. It's in the strong name of Jesus, the name that is above every name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your T-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.